0: Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. The bottom line, that gospel is this, that
1: Christ died according to the scriptures. He was buried and three days later he rose according to the scripture. Paul said, that's the gospel I preached, that y'all believe and which saved you. And so when we go out and preach the gospel, notice Who's doing everything in that message? Who does all the doing? Christ died, he was buried, he raised, we believed. That's the gospel. Christ died, he was buried, he raised,
0: we believed. We received that message, that is the gospel. What is the gospel message? In today's message from Pastor Bill, he teaches you that the good news of Jesus is straightforward. False teachers will add and complicate the message of Jesus, and you need to be aware of this. The gospel is simply Christ died, he was buried, and in three days was raised back to life, according to the scripture. Pastor Bill reminds you to always take any teaching you have received back to the word of God. If it doesn't align with God's word, it's not accurate. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Galatians, chapter 1, for today's edition of A Transforming Word.
1: What was happening here? Paul would go into a region. He went into the region of Galatia, preached the gospel. People got converted. They came to Christ. They were born again. They were doing great. Paul says, all right, work has started. Raised up some people, leaders. And he went and he was working somewhere else. And he gets word that people have gone in with bad doctrine and that they received it. And Paul's like, come on. I don't know if you guys were ever seen somebody that looked like they were getting going solid with the Lord, and then you find that they they went to something else, and you're like, what? What? Why? why would you do that? Why would you do that? You know, I've seen people that seem to have converted to Christianity, and then I find out that you know now they're a part of. There, there's a guy we actually went witnessing one day. Miss Monica remember because there was a young man that looked just like her son. I remember that. Okay, it was on my old street, and we were witnessing and. Then, and I had a long conversation with this guy, you know, talked to him, prayed with him. And he he, he wasn't coming all the way though. It was like, I, I believe, but I'm not ready to fully surrender. It was it was an unsurrendered, uh, not completely surrendered. And not, I'm at Whole Foods, you know, months later and I see him in all this interesting garb. And I'm like, what in the world you done got yourself into, man? You, you got this weird clothes. I said, man, wait, I, I shook his hand. I said, that was with my daughter. And she's looking like, oh, no, Dad, you're going to have another, you're going to be here all night. And sure enough, this guy is, he done got all into some, you know, some weird thing, you know. And I just said, man, why, 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 what is it, what is it about this that, you know, what, I went, and I asked him, I said, what, what about this is, is appealing to you? And it, it appeals to the flesh. There's some sense of power to it. It's got some racial tones to it. And, and it's got all these little things that, that really kind of, you know, this is the tickle the flesh, There's something in it for you. Um, The gospel, when you look at the gospel for what it is, all the glory goes to him. We're just a recipient of a great gift. There's not really much to boast in. And so for those of us we witnessed all week, we found you find people that believe a lot of different things for a lot of different reasons. One thing I believe is this. I believe that everybody has a need for a relationship with the Lord. But I think we live in a very self-centered, selfish sort of society. And if there's some way that I can be a part of it. in my flesh if there's some if I can somehow have something to do with it there's something in our flesh that says I want to do that and that's where legalism becomes powerful nobody will you look at legalism it's like you know you're gonna have some extra rules and restrictions so you can feel better about yourself that wouldn't really appeal to anybody extra rules and regulations doesn't really appeal to us but it can appeal to someone's fallen nature that says well this will make me better than them I feel good about that you know I don't eat this Anybody know some Christians like that? They're really proud about what they don't do. Some of y'all here, don't be there, right? You know, there are people that are really proud of all that they don't do. You know, I don't, I don't do that. You know, I know a guy that he's a seven-day Adventist and um, he's vegan and uh, he's really, really, really proud about his, I mean, really, really proud of, of all the, all the rules and restrictions and extra things. And I'm like, that's, you know, great. I mean, great. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of Jesus, you know. Be careful. Paul says I marvel. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. And I want you to note that he called you in grace. What God called me to and what God called you to is to be recipients of his grace. What he's made available to us didn't cost you anything, cost him everything available to you on the merit of his goodness. God said he called you to his grace. I marvel that you're you're turning away so soon from him who called you to in grace. He says to a different gospel. Now, there's only one true gospel. So any other gospel or any other version of the gospel, it no longer becomes the gospel. It's not another of the same. It's a perverted gospel. So in our culture today, there are many perversions of the gospel. There is there's the word faith gospel that's prevalent. There's a lot of people that that are into that form of the gospel that says I come to God so I can get some more stuff. And who, what does that minister? That minister's to people's flesh, you know. That appeals to the to the sinner. You mean if I you mean if I, if, if I do this, God will make me rich, you know. There are people then I, I'm gonna stop buying scratchers and go to your church, you know. If I sow a seed, I'm gonna get a harvest on my seed. Is that what you're telling me? You know, if I give a hundred dollars, I'm gonna get a, a hundredfold blessing back, you know. And I just wonder over time, how many people are there doing it and doing it and doing it and it doesn't work. And, and you know, they tell you after it doesn't work, but well, you must be something you're doing wrong. You're not believing. Right. You might, you might have some sin. Who don't have some sin? Right. There'll be some reason why it's just not exactly, you, you know, you got you to give more. I actually know a man that was told by one of these guys that, you know, he was giving. He said, I tithe and give regularly. But I'm not being financially blessed like he was expecting based on what the teaching he was getting. And they said that the reason why is you're giving what you can afford to give. You got to give what you can't afford to give for God to supernaturally bless you. And so they told him, if you want God to bless your household, then whatever you pay for your household for the month, what's your house? note? give that to the Lord. And actually, the person that was saying it was going to receive it. So, that's, you know, they said, what do you what is your business cost to run for a month? Give that to the Lord and God's going to bless your business and your house. Well, he did both in the same month and it didn't come back and he couldn't make a house payment and he couldn't make a business payment. And guess who he blamed? He blamed God. I wanted to slap the preacher and I told him, I said, don't blame God. I said, you blame that preacher. He lied to you. And you know what he told me? Don't speak down the man of God because that's what they trained him over there. Y'all beware of that mess. That's another gospel. That's not the, the gospel of Jesus Christ is. Look, I, how many of you guys have been blessed by God when you ain't been doing right? Grace. I don't even deserve. You know, you didn't deserve. You got blessed and you were like, oh, you cried. Why, why would you do this to me? I'm so bad. That's, you know, the Bible says it's the goodness of God that brings us to repentance. And sometimes God has just lavished on you some blessing while you, you're messing up and you know it. And he just blesses you. And you sit there. You probably cry right there. I'm sorry. I'm going to do better. That's grace. That's the reality. That's what God's really doing. God's not rewarding you based on how you're performing. And so if we could accept that, it would help our relationship with the Lord. That we'll stop trying to earn favor and we could just worship him for being so good to us. God is so good to me all the time. And we would just love him back and worship him. And everything that we do in service, we're not serving God so he'll bless us. God, I serve you because I'm blessed so much already. I don't, I don't do for you, Lord, so that you will in return do this for me. God, you've already been so good. That anything I do in service or anything I offer to you, it's, it's in response to what you've done. I used to hate to hear this at my, my old church. They would say, when praises go up, blessings come down, right? That's, that's messed up theology, right? Because that's basically saying, God, I'm going to praise you so you bless me. That's not how it goes. Would, I'm, I'm, so I'm gonna manipulate you. I'm gonna sing to you songs so that you give me some more stuff. God, like God, don't see that coming a mile away. Who knows your heart? We praise Him for what He's already done. Amen. And so, but that's the, that's types of stuff. you. You hear that enough in the church? Everybody knows it, but it's false. That's not the gospel. That's not according to grace. That's that's God. I'm even gonna take what I do for you at church and do it so you will bless me. I'm gonna give so you bless me. I'm gonna worship you. So you rain down extra blessings. Everything I do is to get something else from you. And here's the here's the offense in that. All of that says that what God's already done, which is more valuable than anything you'll ever get down here on earth. is not enough. Right. That cross. I was so glad we finally got our cross up. That's the most important thing. Not the piece of wood right there, but what he did on the cross. That is why we do anything for God because of what he has done. He died for me. There'll never be anything I get on earth to top that. There'll never be a blessing I receive on earth, an item I receive on earth. I'm no longer going to hell, but I'm going to heaven for sure because of the cross of Jesus Christ. And for that, I'll worship you gladly. I'll serve you with passion. Whatever I can do, I'll tell other people I'll serve you and I don't need anything. That's that's all I need right there. That's what I need before I die. Everything else is going to come through my hands and fall right through. That's going to take me home. That's going to be with me for all eternity. That's the most important thing. And so when we worship, when we serve, it's, it's, that's how we want, that's what the ministry of the, the gospel of grace does. It says, God, you, you've been good to me when I didn't deserve it. And now I'm, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for what you've done that, Lord, here's my life. I worship you. I have my life. I surrender it to you. I don't want to clean up my life so God will accept me. I'm so blown away that he's accepted me already. I'm blown away of the condition I was in when he accepted me that I'm saying, God, I just want to do right. Not you already accepted me. When God accepted me, I was living with a girl that wasn't my wife. I was selling weed, doing credit card scams and selling stolen guns. That's that was when I I got saved. That was where that was my house. That was all in my apartment that day that I got saved. He saved me like that. I can't fix that. I'm, I'm, now I'm not worse. I'm better now. Praise God. You know, by his grace, you know. But uh, I look back on that and think, if you took me then, I'm, I'm good. I mean, I'm, I never had to worry about nothing. I'm good. You took me then. I mean, you say I was going to heaven that day. You know, that's grace. That's, I, I didn't deserve that. I didn't earn that. How foolish would it be for me to now be trying to do something to earn his? his, his God, I'm going to do this so you like me, I'm going to do this so you'll accept me. I was like, man, did you remember when I took you? Look at where you were when I accepted. Look at what a mess you were. I took you then. So, you know, you're good now. Amen. Amen. And I hope that helps us out that we just that grace can free us, free us from legalism, free us from religiousness, free us to genuinely be people that just worship God for who he is and what he's done. And that's what Paul is so bummed out. They've been they've been tricked out of the gospel of grace. Back into legalism. Paul's like, no, no. And so moving on, he said, I marvel again that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in grace, in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. Verse seven, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. So he said, it's not another gospel. It's it's, it's false through and through. He says, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. It was true in Paul's day. It's true in our day. There are people that want to trouble you. Now, in our culture, there are groups that they don't really do evangelism. But what they do is try to find Christians, people that already believe the gospel, and they try to win you over to their doctrinal position. They're not stirred up to go out and reach the loss. They feel like people are going to be saved, going to be saved, people going to be lost, going to be lost. They're not interested in going out and doing that. But they do want is to find people that already believe And then bring you into their theology. You know, let me let me let me help you understand more fully, you know, the the doctrines of grace and so forth and so on. Be careful of that. Be careful. Be careful of those that are looking for that. When you know, when you look at some of the different cults, most cults use a Bible. They don't believe in it, but they use it. Most cults take our Bible and, you know, they want people that believe in the Bible, but they don't know it. That's what they're that that is their prey. That is, that is what they go after. Jehovah's Witness coming to your door and you believe in the Bible? Yes, prime candidate. Especially if you don't know. It. You, you, are, you are prime pickings. Mormons, Jehovah's Witness, you know, Islam, the now these, you know, the what is the new thing? It's not new, but it's, it's I'm seeing a lot more of it. The 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 Hebrew Israelites, all these, they're all around here. They all use the Bible. And they're praying on people that believe in it but don't know it and so that's why we encourage everybody here to be reading it every day get familiar with the word of god that's why we read through the bible every year together and we challenge you guys give you the bookmark put it on the church app try to encourage you to read through the bible get get an ear for the word of god so that when you hear something false there's a holy spirit alarm inside saying hey, that ain't what that means i read that book all the way through that's out of context that's not what that means you, if you don't know this, you can become a victim of that. These guys came in after Paul and they brought in a different gospel and the people were given ear. They say he said they, they came to pervert the gospel of Christ. What does it mean to pervert something? It's to change it from its original format. You know, there's perversion is changing something from its original use, what it was originally intended to do. They're perverting the gospel. So instead of it being something you receive by grace, nothing you can do to earn it, they're saying, no, 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 you got to add something to it. There's something you got to do. You got to do something. That's a perversion of the gospel. And once you pervert the gospel, it's no longer the gospel. Verse 8, Paul says, but even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than that which we have preached to you, let him be accursed. In the Greek, that word accursed is anathema. It's a very strong word. It means let him be damned to hell. Paul says, if an angel from heaven, and I want to note, he didn't say an angel from God, not one of God's message. Y'all know Satan is flowing all around you. You look, read the book of Job. Uh, it says that the sons of God presented themselves before the angels of, in, in God's presence and God had this interaction with Satan there. And so an angel from heaven, an angelic being, if an angelic being comes and preaches another gospel, Paul said, let him be damned to hell for that message. That's the that's the mindset. Now, again, American Christians have a hard time with this. But if somebody comes with another message, and Paul said, man, it's such... It's so important. The gospel is—you can't be wrong about the gospel. We can differ on some little side stuff. We can differ on, you know, you know, some other issues, and, and you know, who can do what and when you can pray in tongues, and you know, you can be wrong about that and get to heaven, but we can't differ on the gospel. People are going to hell for that. People are missing eternity when you pervert this message. So Paul "You come uh, maligning the gospel, let you be damned to hell." That's that's strong language. That's got to be the attitude of the church. That I can't look at someone preaching a false gospel and say, "Well, you know, he's still a brother in the Lord, and I got to kind of be nice." And no, damned to hell. That message that he's preaching is going to cause people to be damned to hell. And if he won't hear you tell him the truth, you can't. You just can't be soft with that. That's where we can't be soft. And sometimes as Christians, we want to love every. I want to love everybody too. But I understand this: if you're taking people to hell. Let them preach that message to your kids. And you tell them what kind of fire is going to raise up in you. So I pastor a church. So when I see people that get off into these things and, and they're, getting, they're getting robbed and ripped off, I'm upset. It bothers me. I know that they're, like, that they're not experiencing all that God wanted them to experience. And it's because these people are maligning the word of God. They're adding or taking away or whatever. And so someone perverts the gospel. Someone, if, see, I don't care if the angel from heaven comes. Let him be anathema. Let him be damned to hell. And so that would that would rule out Joseph Smith's his whole testimony about how he got his message was he was at the tree and angel Moroni came and damned to hell. Moroni. Message is over with. There'd be no more. If, if we just went by this, that there, there that would have no validity from that point on. That's another gospel. No good. So I like to give this to people, you know, what's a, just a, a clearest, you know, maybe the clearest explanation of the gospel in the in the New Testament. And so if you guys are writing notes, I'd like you to write this down. Write down first Corinthians chapter 15. and I'm going to read verses one through four. You write that down in your notes. Paul speaking here. So moreover, brother, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you. Which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you are saved if you hold fast that word which I have preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Here it is. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Verse four, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And If you read on and he was seen by Cephas or Peter and by the 12 and after that, he was seen by 500 more. He was seen. But the bottom line, that gospel is this, that Christ died. According to the scriptures, he was buried. And three days later, he rose according to the scripture. Paul said, that's the gospel I preached that y'all believe and which saved you. And so when we go out and preach the gospel, notice who's doing everything in that message. Who does all the doing? Christ died. He was buried. He raised. We believed. That's the gospel. Christ died. He was buried. He raised. We believe we received that message. That is the gospel. Nothing else added to that. Paul said, that's the message I preached. that you guys believe. And if you stand in that, you're good. And so that's the gospel that we want to stand in. Amen. Anybody add something else to it, reject it, run from it, beat them up, don't beat them up. Reject it, run from it, you know. Tell them, read them that verse, you know, but don't accept it. It's another gospel. And so we're gonna. Two more verses. Look at um verse nine. He says, and we have said before, so now I say again: if anyone preaches another gospel to you than that which you have received, let him be a curse. So he, he just X M point said the same thing another time. And again, whenever you hear the same thing twice in scripture, it's emphatic. He's saying one more time. You didn't hear me good the first time. You know, if anybody come preach another gospel. Let him be accursed. You didn't hear it the first time. He said it again the second time. One verse later, verse 10, for do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bond servant of Christ. And this is the last thing we're going to read today. Paul says, look, I'm not trying to please people. And, you know, people have come in. Paul, I've become accustomed, accustomed to people not liking me for doing what God called me to do. And he said, when I still try, it was my goal to please men that I couldn't please Christ. And I believe he's putting a finger on maybe the weakness in the Galatian church. Maybe as these people came in, they come in, they seem very authoritative. They seem to have power. And, and maybe they, they succumb to that. And they said, wow, you know, I find a lot of times those that don't have real authority from God they do other things to try to drum up their authority. And they may do it in the way that they dress that you'll always know who they are because look at that outfit he's got on. He must be really, he must be the guy. He must be and so you look at scenarios and, and things where men don't really have authority from God, well they'll wear their authority. So that you, you this how I want you I need you to know that I'm something important. I'll wear it. Or I'll behave in such a way. There I'm how many of you have been in churches where you couldn't touch the minister? He's got armor bearers in front of him and you couldn't touch him and you know, there, there's a couple here. They said that the guy, after he would preach, the anointing was so heavy on him that you couldn't touch him yet. You know, almost like the Shekinah. Like, it was, you all know that's just, I said, bring that brother wife up. Let, let, tell us how anointed he really, you know, like, that's a mess. But it's, it's commonplace. People do it. And so, you know, they do things that kind of well up authority. It, you know, Paul said, if, if it was my goal to please men. I couldn't be the bondservant of Christ. And that word bondservant in the Greek is doulos. And it means this. It's one whose will, your will is altogether consumed in the will of another. Completely surrendered to the will of someone else. I couldn't be the bondservant of Christ if I was worried about what somebody else thinks. And that's liberating as well. When you and I come to the place where we say only Christ died for me. And I'm only concerned with what he thinks. And I can live my life trying to please him. That's who I want to please. I won't fear men. I won't be a man pleaser. The Bible says the fear of man is a snare. But I'll be a person that chooses to please the Lord. And I'm going to fear of the Lord and please the Lord and let everything else fall where it falls. That's liberation. Then I don't have to worry about, you know, it, it's hard to please. There's too many different people with different expectations. But if you could just please Christ. That's good enough. Amen? Amen. And so Paul says, look, I'm, I'm not worried about any of those things. He says, I, I, I could not be the bond servant of Christ if I was still worried about pleasing people. And so as we wrap this up this morning, beginning this great book, and there's a lot in it. Uh, I think the overtone of the main thing today that I hope we gathered is grace. That the gospel came through grace. God giving you and me what we don't deserve and desiring that we would receive it just that way. That we wouldn't add anything to it or allow there to be a perversion of it. And so for some of us, we're here and we're standing in that grace. We believe in the gospel, the grace of God, and we receive that and we walk in and hopefully this will encourage you as you continue to reach out to others and minister the gospel of grace. But maybe there are people today that you're here and you're saying, man, I have I've, 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 I've believe a different gospel. I've been trying to earn a right standing with God. I, Maybe you're maybe you're one where your walk has been up and down because you're like, man, I'm not doing good. I'm doing bad. I'm doing better. And and you don't understand that God will take you just how you are.
0: The book of Galatians, like many New Testament letters, addresses the problem of false teachers and the lies they spread. The Apostle Paul wanted to make sure that the Galatians church wasn't trusting the wrong people and the wrong messages as they grew in their faith. Today, sadly, false teaching is still a problem. Even in this modern world, there are people incorrectly interpreting the Bible, twisting it to fit their agenda. It's not the truth, but how can you know for sure? Today, you've taken a step in the right direction by spending time in the transforming Word of God. The more you know the Bible for yourself, the easier it will be to filter out the lies. Take all that you hear back to Scripture and discover for yourself what God is saying. Pastor Bill will continue his teaching through the book of Galatians next time you join us on A Transforming Word. In the meantime, you can access more of Pastor Bill's messages at CalvaryEnglewood.org and on our Calvary Chapel Inglewood app. We'd love to hear from you too. Let us know what God's been doing in your life and how we can be praying for you. Give us a call or send a text to 310-245-4811. That's 310-245-4811. Would you also prayerfully consider supporting this ministry financially? All gifts are welcome and appreciated, no matter the size. You can find out more at CalvaryEnglewood.org or donate through our app. Thanks for praying about this, and thanks for tuning into a transforming word.